Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Hey folks, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, uh, recording here in the studio. Welcome to the show. So, um, as you guys have probably figured out by now, the Thursday uh, audio edition, it's kind of my uh, Bill Burr rant style slash kind of bullshit about whatever I want to uh, type format show. That's the way a a friend of mine put it. Um, So I'm just going to shoot this shit as usual with you guys. Kind of have like a one-way conversation. But, uh, you know, I like to imagine that you guys uh, kind of get where I'm coming from. Those of you who are certainly regular listeners know me and know my views on things well enough to uh, know where I'm at. And, um, you know, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the, uh, to the Savage Express. Uh, Sam's Savages and all that jazz. Um, but anywho, um, by the time you hear this, it might be Friday, so even though this is TWR Thursday, you might be hearing this on Friday, and the reason being is because I actually had a meeting uh, with my college uh, counselor today for uh, you know last-minute class changes uh, right before or I should say during the time that I usually record the Thursday podcast. Um, 
So that's why this episode may be going out on Friday for some of you guys. But uh, anyway, folks, yes, it is the end of summer uh, for me, pretty much. Uh, I'm going back to, you know, school uh, next week. Not that that will change a whole lot, you know, in terms of, like, the podcast for you guys. In fact, in some ways, it will actually be better because all of my guests that are usually, uh, you know, on vacation during the summer and traveling, they'll be available now. Um, it's funny, you, you, you would think that people would be more available to do these things uh, during the summer, but uh, as it turns out, that is not the case. So, one thing I do want to uh, talk with you guys, I do want to get somewhat serious um, this episode. And, um, you know, I, I, I have some kind of light and fun news uh, also to talk about towards the later half of the episode. But I, I do kind of want to rant here uh, for a bit because, um, to be honest, folks, I've had a lot on my mind lately, not just regarding, uh, you know, this podcast and things like that, but I've, I, uh, you know, I, I did an episode, uh, a few weeks ago after the, uh, shooting in, uh, Texas and the shooting in Dayton, Ohio, and I, I said, uh, you know, two very specific things, uh, not to really give this guy any more attention than he needed to initially, and then also, I said not to, uh, you know, politicize this and give the politicians and the media what they wanted, and, uh, you know, I, I, I realized that I'm just one, um, you know, podcaster with a, a relatively small audience. I mean, I wouldn't, I've got, I've definitely got like a big audience than some other podcasts out there. And I'm not even saying that as to like try and brag, but you know, I've got, I've got a decent sized audience. Um, but at the same time, I recognize that I'm just one, you know, influencer in a sea of now tens of thousands of podcasters and uh, media personalities. Um, so I, I implored people to really try and, you know, stay away from pointing fingers and making this whole thing political. And of course, uh, what happens? People immediately jump on uh, Facebook. They immediately jump on Twitter, and, and you know, uh, and everyone did their, you know, condolences for the victims. That, but uh, almost immediately began the whole gun control versus non gun control debate 
And, uh, you know, that, it always saddens me that we live in a society now, I guess, where we can't even take a full 24 hours. We, we literally can't make it through 24 hours anymore after any ty- type of tragedy without someone or one side politicizing an event. And most often, not always, but most often I've noticed that it's the left that does this. Not that the right is particularly any better at this. They kind of have fallen in, into the same trap in, the recent, in recent years as well. But um, it just really kind of saddens me that we do this as a society. Especially when I don't think you know, it's necessarily called war. I think that we need to take, ideally, America, whenever these things happen, we should all take a week to kind of reflect and process this, and then the following week, talk later. And uh, I was actually on a podcast uh, with a guy earlier this week. I'll, I'll promo that at the end of the show. Um, so, just kind of keep that in the back of your head. But, um, long story short, I've been talking to a couple of people. And, um, The one question, I guess, that I've gotten from a lot of people who listen to the podcast and who watch the YouTube channel and people in my real, in my, uh, you know, in my real life, too, everyone's kind of talking, you know, why is the country so divided now? Uh... We can't seem to, every time something happens, it immediately goes into tribalism divides. Now, you know, some people will blame that on Obama, the right does, the left will blame that on, you know, Trump and Trumpism, you you can't go anywhere without hearing about what a, you know, what a piece of crap Trump is from the left. Uh, You know, the right did that a lot with Obama. But here's, in my mind, I finally kind of figured out what has changed. And I I think it's a change that wasn't necessarily intended to be bad. And I don't think it is a bad change in and of itself. Um, But I think the advent of social media you know, 10 years ago, or roughly a decade ago, changed things, more or less. Um, 
you know, I, I think back to 2008 when I was in eighth grade. I, so I was in junior high school going into high school. And, um, you know, I, I started the podcast. I started, like, my very first podcast, uh, the Film Nation, like, a year earlier. And, uh, you know, for the first two years of the, for the first two years of my podcasting career, I was really just kind of dicking around with it and, like, trying to find my, you know, radio voice, as most of the listeners know, I, I really wanted to be in talk radio and that, you know, whole political spirit. I wanted to be like a young Rush Limbaugh, essentially. And, um, you know, I, I started the podcasting medium, which I think is great. And I'm, I'm going to get into that here in a bit, too. But social media really took off like a year later, like Facebook and, you know, Twitter and all that stuff when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, like, as far as like trying to promote stuff, like my podcast and my blog and whatnot, it was great. And, uh, you know, I, I love social media because it's allowed me to build a base. It's uh, allowed me to connect with other uh, people who kind of share a, a passion, you know, for podcasting and for citizen journalism and for politics and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There are lots of good aspects to social media. So I'm not, uh, you know, crapping on it just because of just because of you know technology or whatever but i do think that one of the unintended kind of consequences is that a lot of people forgot that We're in a conversation with people. And people found kind of solace in hiding behind a screen and, you know, the other person might, you can go under like a username, like a fake name and a fake alias. And the other person might be under a fake name or a fake alias, or even if they're not, even if they're under if they're under their real name, like on Facebook and whatever, you know they're far away, so you can kind of say whatever. And uh, you know, I think people essentially got comfortable hiding behind screens, and uh, you know we. Everything just be kind of became vitriolic, and then you have the algorithms, you know, which are pointing, you know, people towards one side or towards the other. Um, I don't really know if the social media companies intended for this to happen. You know, I've read theories that like Facebook and Twitter and whatnot that 
obvious to vi vision and all kinds of the ways that we're communicating. It's the new, uh, you know, social engineering by the, the tech companies. And uh, I think that that certainly could be true, like in the case of Mark, of Mark Zuckerberg. But um, honestly, like I think Jack Dorsey, and I think a lot of other tech CEOs kind of felt this way too. I don't think they really knew like what their platforms were going to turn into. I don't think Jack Dorsey really understood the uh the political dumpster fire you know or like just the internet dumpster fire in, gen in general that Twitter was going to become. And uh I've talked to people who have met him before, you know, I I don't want to say who those people are uh, out of respect for confidentiality, but there are people who have talked to like Jack Dorsey and whatnot, and they all say the same thing. He generally seems like a nice guy. He generally kind of seems like, in his own way, kind of flabbergasted and sometimes stunned that Twitter took off the way it did. Now, I'm not like saying that he's completely free of some of the flagrant abuses on Twitter and whatnot. Like, I'm not changing anything from what I said about Facebook and the social media companies ne needing, you know, to either be uh, regulated by, con by conservatives or, you know, by pro-free speech people or, you know, preferably just kind of broken up and so that they don't have monopolies. Uh, but, you know, long story short, I think the division and kind of the breakdown in communication, essentially, is what, you know, has caused all this division. It's not Trump, and it's not Obama, and it's not anyone in particular. I think our way of communicating as a society has changed and we've kind of taken the human element away from that. Now, podcasting is sort of an exception because podcasts and live streams, like the ones that I do and, uh, you know, like the ones that Joe Rogan does, are very conversational, right? And this brings me to, like, my other point, too. Something else that has been bothering me. So. Joe, Joe Rogan uh, one of the highest rated podcasts in the world number one consistently on the uh, Apple podcast charts in the on the Spotify podcast charts you know arguably, arguably he's one of the greatest uh, top ten podcasters of all time uh you know and he could be number one of all time and i i would say i'm a fan of his now the reason why i'm a fan of his is not necessarily because i agree with everything that joe says i don't um 
But the, the thing I like jo- about Joe Rogan and his, and his podcast isn't necessarily even Joe, but it's more or less Joe's uh, style of podcasting and the fact that he doesn't interview people so much as he has conversations with people. And um, he'll have conversations with people on both the left and the right. He'll have conversations with people from all different backgrounds and all different walks of life. And from what I've noticed, it doesn't really seem like he's pushing a narrative. To me, he's just a guy who honestly has a conversation with people. And uh, I bring Rogan up because for like the past year and a half now, I've noticed this trend where like he'll have Ben Shapiro on or let's even say Gavin McGinnis on as like a a better example or or Milo, right? He'll have some of these more like right-leaning figures on and the left will call him an alt-righter and label him as alt-right, like right Vox or one of those publications just this year did a piece calling Joe Rogan all right, so he's not safe. Well, then Rogan will interview some like Bernie Sanders or Tulsi Gabbard, and he'll be called a leftist and you know a bleeding heart and just like a dumb pot smoking leftist. You know, from those on on the right. So he can't win. And I'm not, like, I'm not crying over Joe. I'm not saying, like, oh, poor Joe. Um, You know, any of that. He's a a big guy. I, you know, understand that he doesn't really need me defending him. And I'm not necessarily, you know, defending, like I said, I don't necessarily agree with all of his views on things. But... People seem to misunderstand his, uh, you know, what his podcast is. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not like a traditional interview show. It's just like a conversation. That's it. He converses with, with people and he converses with people from both sides. And uh, I feel that that's really important today in uh, America, right? We have the left and we have the right. We have the libertarians and the conservatarians, which, you know, I'm, I'm conservatarian. We have all, all these different spectrums, right? And We have all these polarizing figures, you know, intentionally polarizing figures, uh, you know, on the, on the left, you know, like Antifa and, uh, you know, like Cenk Uger and like Sean, Sean King and all these other, you know, lefties. And then we have uh, Richard Spencer on the right and you know, Owen Benjamin on the 
on the far right and a lot of these like intentionally polarizing you know like alt-right figures you know we have like we have the polarizing figures as well who are you know less so um and then we have people who want to have like just like honest conversations right like me and like several other indie podcasters out there and uh you know i'm like a i am pretty open with my views as a uh conservative you know libertarian more right-ish guy but i'm friendly with people who are you know more like purely libertarian or you know pretty conservative i'm friends even with like some you know with some you know people who are pretty far left i wouldn't say communist you know, like, that far radical, but they're still, like, reasonable on the left, I guess. And, uh, you know, those are the types of people that I try and have a conversation with, and I think that those are important conversations to have. We, uh, you know, I think the only way to really fix America isn't really to, uh, you know, necessarily to vote for someone I think that that definitely helps but to have a conversation and to have an open dialogue with rational people right I and I think sometimes it's even good if you you know and people from within the party can kind of debate you know policy or debate philosophy within like a ideology like um you know i i really do kind of find it disappointing that um a lot of conservatives are throwing dan crenshaw just to the wind outright right i understand that people are upset with his comments on red flag laws i'm not a big fan of them myself but as a conservative like Dan Crenshaw, to me, is still a million times better than a lot of the lefties that he was running against, you know, who are, you know, who are politically ambitious and hell-bent on, you know, promoting leftism. And, uh, you know, some on the right want to throw him out, throw Crenshaw out, you know, because he said something about red flag laws. Well, he, I don't think he necessarily wants to, uh, you know, institute him to them as much as the as the left does. I don't, like I said, I don't agree with him on that. I don't think that he's, like, as radical as the left wants. And I'm not necessarily even saying that we, that we should do you know, what he's suggesting. I'm just saying that for, you know, for for goodness sake, we shouldn't throw our allies out, you know, as conservatives just because they stray from the pack on one thing. And I wouldn't even say Crenshaw is straying. I, I, I think he's just putting his own opinion out there, and I think it's okay to, to disagree 
you know, with our party officials and our elected officials. But, you know, f for some conservatives to be, like, to be like tweeting out that Crenshaw is a cuck and, you know, fuck Dan Crenshaw, that's stuff that, like, three weeks ago, if, uh, you know, if, like, a liberal tweeted that, that same conservative who was now, you know, saying those epithets towards Crenshaw, they'd be getting on, the le on you know, the person from the left and from Antifa for being, you know, a lefty or, uh, you know, a libtard or something. And, and, you know, that is another whole thing in of, in of itself. Uh, granted, there are certainly, like, wacko leftists out there, and granted, there are, like, wacko right-wingers out there who intentionally want to inflame things, but, you know, for goodness sakes, you don't need to own, you know, you don't need to own your liberal friend at lunch. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to defeat those or or close around you. Same with the, you know, with the, with the liberals who have conservative friends and family members. Instead, have a conversation with them, and you know, you might not be able to change their opinions, but they might be more open to hearing your opinion. And, you know, in my case, I was able to actually sway a friend who was kind of like a default liberal over to being a conservative. Why? Because, or to being a conservatarian. Why? Because I didn't insult him, I didn't try and yell at him, I just had like a reasonable conversation. And then he, he was doing like some research and he was like, holy crap, you know, the Liberty Way really is better, right? So, and that's my main purpose here. My, my main purpose, don't get me, get me wrong, I'm not softening. I'm still Savage Sam. I'm still going to be promoting, you know, conservative values and, you know, liberty-based ideas. None of that is changing. I'll, I still call it bullshit when I see it, uh, you know, pretty consistently uh, from the left and from the alt-right. That's, that, you know, that's the other thing. Both extremes are bad and both extremes need to be called out, which is what I try and do. And I, I do get pretty hardcore and animated like Alex Jones about it. But I don't go off on you know, just your average person, because there's no reason to. There, there really isn't. And so, you know, I tend to think that we have, you know, honest conversations with people, and even, you know, honest conversations with those that we disagree with in political media that can be reasoned with, like, um, You know, if, if there were like if there were like a more reasonable person who were who was, you know, on the left who wasn't completely 
you know, social justice warrior. Uh, someone rational like my friend Jeff Hamill. You know, I've had him on the podcast. We don't agree, you know, on, on very much policy-wise, but we, we both agree that the far left is bad, and we both agree that, like, the alt-right is bad, and we both agree in, like, rational conversation, right? We have different approaches to things, but at the end of the day, we're, we're buds. And, um, you know, I guess, like, that's my takeaway, is this division isn't one person's fault, it's, uh, you know, it's not like one party's fault, it's, it's just a, a breakdown in communication because of technology, podcasting certainly is helping with that on, like, the public scale. But in your own life, ladies and gentlemen, you know, start a dialogue. That's the best thing you can really do is start like a dialogue with the people around you, with those who agree with you, with those who disagree with with you and try and get them to do the same. That's the best thing we can do is, uh, you know, just have conversations. Inform your, you know, friends and family about why you're a conservative or why you're a libertarian or, um, you know, and just have those conversations. So, um, that is that. And, uh, that's really in terms of the, uh, serious news, what I wanted to cover. And, uh, I think that will actually do it for the uh, Thursday edition of the podcast. I will have a bonus episode actually out on Friday as well before the Saturday live stream. Um, So be sure and check that out at some point. But um, anyway, folks, I want to thank you for, uh, you know, tuning in. Thank you for listening. And uh, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, Oh, and that, thing I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the program. Um, So, I actually had an opportunity to be interviewed on Monday by Robbie Robertson, who uh, hosts the Out of the Blank podcast. And he and I actually sat down, he interviewed me, and... uh, he just wanted to know about me and what I was about. He didn't necessarily, like, we covered politics a little bit, but he just mainly wanted to chat with me about, like, my beliefs and who I am as a person, and that's the other, you know, thing. He, he, and he's kind of what inspired uh, today's episode. You know, is just having conversations, and that is so critical. That's something that you know I, I've that I've done whenever I can on the podcast. I'm going to do it a lot more in the remainder of the year, and hopefully next year as well. And uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but it was a really good in- in- interview. He'll be posting that you know on his feed, so just go over there. I want to give a shout out to Out of the Blank Podcast. And, uh, of course, I'll post my episode on the blog and uh, whatnot once it's out. 
And uh, Robbie and I are actually planning on doing a podcast on here as well. And he's an interesting individual. And uh, he and I got along great. And I think you guys like him and his inter- in his conversation style. And, uh, you know, if you guys are listening to this and you actually heard my interview, you know, from Robbie's podcast and you're over here listening now, welcome to the Savage Express. And uh, I want to thank you so very much for uh, listening to the podcast. And uh, for those of you who are regulars, uh, just thank you so very much for listening. Have a great day. God bless. God save this great nation. God freedom. I'll see in that order. And I'll see you on Saturday for uh, the regular show. And then I'll see you guys tomorrow for the bonus episode. God bless and God save this great nation. I'll see you on the next episode of the Whitfield Report. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that just by listening to our show. You are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show you can head over to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield report and click the support this podcast button and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page if you can support the podcast I really really appreciate that Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated, even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast. I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode.